T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. One, two. He struck him out. And the White Sox win 12-8. Your mean Mercedes. He had one hit, he kept the ball. He got an RBI, he kept the ball. He might as well just pack up the entire game and keep this for himself. Welcome back to Inside the Clubhouse. David Hall with Bruce Levine here for another hour until 11 o'clock talking baseball. That was thank you to NBC Sports Chicago, Jason Benetti, talking about the first major league start for Yerman Mercedes after 617 minor league games. He gets five hits last night for the White Sox. They get their first victory. The Cubs go after their first win of the season later today. Here on the score, Jake Arrieta on the mound. 12.45 pregame with Zach Zaidman, Bruce. And there's a lot going on in Chicago baseball. There's a lot going on around the league. I wanted to, um, we'll get to all, all of it. 312-644-6767 if you have a thought. Big move yesterday from the commissioner's office, Bruce. Rob Manfred acted in a way that was strong, swift, swift and decisive. The more you hear about it, the more you, you learn that it, this was more Rob Manfred as much as it was him polling the owners, polling the players in the Players Association. But he responded to what went on this week in Georgia where there were a, a series of sweeping changes in voting laws that disproportionately affect black voters. And Major League Baseball's response to that was to lead from the front and to move the All-Star game out of Atlanta. So the All-Star game that uh, was supposed to be played in Atlanta in July will now be moved elsewhere. And I think there are two things that uh, people might have opinions on. Certainly people are going to have their points of view on what this means for Major League Baseball, whether or not that should be something Rob Manfred should be doing. Uh, I thought it was, my own opinion, a strong, decisive move from a guy who we don't typically see strong, decisive moves uh, from. But secondly, and I think from the local context, Bruce, you wonder now, we know that Jerry Reinsdorf has wanted an all-star game for a while. Could this be coming to Chicago this summer? I don't really think so. Um, you know, again, uh, there's a possibility. Uh, I think the Cubs are in line to get an all-star game before the White Sox. White Sox had one, I believe, in 2003, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and uh, the Cubs have not had one since 1990. Um, knowing uh, the pandemic situation in Chicago, although the numbers have gotten better uh, in the state, numbers are ticking up. A little bit, so I don't know if uh, if uh, Lori Lightfoot and the uh, 
and Governor Pritzker would, would even want it in Chicago at this point hmm. until everybody uh, has um, been uh, given an inoculation and they feel the numbers are going the other way. I think it would be uh, a difficult sell right now in Chicago. Nonetheless, it's going to another city. I don't know if it's Milwaukee. I don't know if it's Washington. Washington just had one, but uh, there'd be some symmetry in that. Uh, it, it's it's a strange dynamic right now, David, because normally uh, these things are given a year and a half in advance, and uh, there's a lot of buildup to a city getting the All-Star game, getting everything uh, set as far as advertisers, as far as hotels, as far as uh, different venues that are going to be used. It's a it's a huge windfall of somewhere between 175 and 200 million dollars for a city uh, hosting an all-star game. But uh, nonetheless, I just don't know if Chicago is ready for it. And, and typically, Bruce, you know, when you see a decision like this, curious to what you think about Rob Manfred in terms of you, you see moves made that, that will be controversial and will have a lot of uh, ripple effects. They, they pull ownership. They, they talk to their peers around the league, and they gauge the opinions of, of the Players Association. From what the stories say and the reporting surrounding this decision was that Rob Manfred finalized this call before the announcement, but after a call with his executive council, which was only eight owners, he didn't necessarily wait for a consensus to be created. He talked to players, ex-players, such as Curtis Granderson, etc. But this seemed to be Rob Manfred taking advantage of the power that the commissioner of a sport uh, can, can take advantage of when, when he feels it's appropriate. And he clearly felt this was appropriate. And for Rob Manfred, I think that came as a surprise to many people. I'm not sure that I thought he had it. I, I did not think he had it in him. But I, but I do think that it, it, uh, it's one of these moves that if, if Adam Silver makes this for the NBA, you're not surprised. Rob Manfred doing this surprised me a little bit. Yeah, I guess you could say that. Um, you, you know, again, uh, it, it's so political uh, that, uh, you know, taking a side on this uh, by a big sport like MLB is sometimes surprising, but it's not unprecedented. Uh, it's been done in the NFL. It's been done sure. in the NBA. So... Um, uh, but uh, you saying that Rob uh, taking charge on this and listening to uh, what the players have to say, what the people have to say, uh, what uh, baseball's objective is as a sport and as an entity representing all people, uh, it's, it's a strong statement by Rob Manfred in Major League Baseball. Uh, you're not going to get everybody to agree that it's the right statement, but uh, you are going to see... Uh, them moving forward with this because they feel this is what Major League Baseball represents. Yeah, back in uh, 1991, you referenced the NFL. The NFL owners voted to move the Super Bowl from Phoenix after Arizona failed to acknowledge Martin Luther King Day as a federal holiday. So there is precedent in the sport for statements like this. It just has been a while before, uh, I think, you know, and maybe, maybe I'm being unfair to Rob Manfred, but I guess that the level of my surprise was as interesting as anything um, in regard to the decision made. And so we'll see where the All-Star game lands, Bruce. But look, that, that was the big story around the sport yesterday, this being opening day for all other you know, teams around the league. Anything stand out to you? Anything that you're waiting to see in terms of a trend emerge? We have talked a little bit about you know, the, the baseball and how it's supposed to be either 
uh, a deader baseball or more live baseball? What are they going to do to the baseball, Bruce, and how, t- how tightly wound it is? And what do you expect in the way of more or less home runs this year? Well, you know, from all indications, uh, home runs, you know, uh, I think uh, Arizona hit four in one inning uh, on opening day. Uh, you know, I, I don't see where the home runs are necessarily down yet. Supposedly, the new ball that we're dealing with is going to limit somewhere between four to six feet on, on hits. And people will say, well, that's not very much. And if a, a ball is well struck, it might not have that much impact. But, you know, think, you know, in your mind's eye, think a little bit, David, about home runs that you've seen over the last uh, two or three years and how many really did go into the first three or four rows. I think a lot of them went uh, into the first three or four rows. And if this kind of limits the ability to hit a home run for everybody and it changes the mindset of uh, organizations, hitting coaches, players to go to more of the Joe Madden uh, idea of lining balls to the gaps and being more of a, uh, a line drive team, a contact team uh, for Major League Baseball, I think that's the incentive here. Uh, I think everybody still loves home runs. You're going to see a lot of home runs. But changing the mindset of organizations and players, I think, is really what this is all about. To go back and say, hey, we value the 290 hitter. We value the double and the triple. Uh, We value full contact and less strikeouts. Uh, I don't think we've seen less strikeouts yet. I think we've seen (laughs) double-digit strikeouts in 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 both both games from both teams, the Angels the and the White Sox and the Cubs and the Pirates, you know, double digits. Yeah, the, so the Cubs I opener think... was, was was more the same. It's 13 strikeouts. That's a team that needs a new approach. That's a team that needs to look like right. it is fixed after being broken it, for too long. It won't happen overnight. It just won't happen overnight cuz you don't have the players at this level who got here with that philosophy, the philosophy they've taught is the uppercut swing, you know, the launch angle and, you know, praising 30 home runs, 100 RBIs, a 220 batting average and 170 strikeouts. That is where we're at as a sport in baseball. And it's going to take some time to change. What did you think of Theo Epstein, who is now in a role as a consultant to Major League Baseball? And it came out this week about his idea of moving the mound back somewhat and, and that, uh, the, the implications and how that would change the game and, and improve the sport in, in his mind. What, what was your first reaction to that, Bruce? Well, that the next move would be to throw the ball underhand. You have to underhand the ball. <laughs> okay. I mean... That is that is too big of a stretch for me. I'm sorry. You're not changing what's been Major League Baseball since 1900. Now, there were different uh, places where the mound was before the 1900s, and, you know, it moved a little bit here and there. But to limit offense by, you know, pushing the, the pitcher further back, I mean, you know, that that you're changing. Not, not only are you trying to change uh, the outcome, but what are you doing to pitchers' arms who are not used to anything but 60 feet, 6 inches? What, what type of injuries are you opening up yourself to uh, when you, you present something like this? I think that is just wildly, you know, to me, uh, unacceptable way of controlling offense for Major League Baseball. Theo's one of the smartest guys I've ever met in the game. 
I respect the the hell out of him, and I think he's he has tremendous ideas. This is not one of them. So if people are wondering what the heck are you talking about, Theo Epstein articulated it in, in an interview with The Athletic by saying that he wanted to move or suggested considering uh, moving the mound back like one a foot. So if you did, if you move the, the mound back a foot and you would give hitters, in, in Theo's mind, an extra one-hundredth of a second to react. And to, according to him, that one-hundredth of a second corresponds to basically like a tick and a half of velocity, which would st- sort of mean that you're restoring velocity to where it was maybe eight to ten years ago when the contact rate was a bit higher, the strikeout rate was a little bit more under control, and it certainly would be a worthwhile experiment. I don't. I'm, I tend to agree with you, Bruce. I, I don't know that you want to do that. I don't. I think that's almost seems a little bit too why, radical. Why are you punishing the? Yeah. Why are you punishing the pitcher for being as good as he is? Isn't it up to the hitter and the hitting instructors and the organizations to teach a different form of hitting, to sign and develop different type of hitters, to welcome back the the guy that's 5'7 and 170 pounds because he can do what Nick Madrigal can do, and that is make contact all the time? Uh, I'm not saying the game should be 100% those guys. You still want the guys that can hit the ball out of the ballpark. You still want guys that hit it with authority into the gaps. But uh, let, let's start playing the game the, the way that it always was represented as far as making contact first and then considering the outcome afterwards. Uh, that, to me, it's, it's backwards by punishing the pitcher. Bruce, do you think the Cubs' issues, in, which have become somewhat chronic in, in missing, missing the ball, basically striking out too much in the contact rate and all the things that have limited them in, in the last several years. Do you think that's ability or approach? Because, or is it a combination of both? Well, look, a defense is, Theo has admitted that he is part of the problem along with the other great minds in the game by coming up with defensive shifts that have limited guys. Like Anthony Rizzo came into the league, I thought, as a 300 hitter. Nobody, I think... I think he's the poster child for guys that were that have been impacted by the defensive shift, where a an infielder can play short right field, you know, some 40 feet in front of the outfielder and throw a guy out at first base on what normally was a base hit, but now is ball into the outfield. That you know that those shifts have have changed the game dramatically, and uh, you know, kudos to the people that came up with them. Kudos to uh, the minds that, you know, have limited the, that type of hitting. But those are true base hits in the old part of baseball, you know, old being six, seven, eight years ago and before that. Those are no longer base hits. Those are those are ground outs because you have a, a lumbering guy moving down for a space and is thrown out from 80 feet away by a second baseman. And Bruce, just to close the loop on some of these league-wide issues that uh, strike us as interesting this week as baseball returned, Every time I see a pitcher bat so far, whether it's on the MLB Network or watching the Cubs and, or whatever in the National League, I cringe because I'm like, why did they not take care of this? Why, If Rob Manfred was going to get in the mood to make emphatic statements, couldn't he have also declared the National League use a designated hitter this year? Because I think that is something that is long overdue. It ha- unfortunately has to be negotiated I know. through the CBA. I know. And uh, you're right, David. You can't go backwards in this sport. Uh, you know, it, it. You know, I was always a National League guy. I always said the pitchers should hit. But 
but not over the last three or four years, not after last year, and not 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 more importantly, there's no there's no player on the field more important than your starting pitcher in keeping him healthy. Uh, this is uh, you know after a year off, you are tempting the fates of uh, the baseball fates out there by uh, putting pitchers back out there to do something that wasn't really quite natural to him before and not at all a part of their game last year. So to me, uh, this is a huge mistake. It's a big step backwards. And when we we see a pitcher get hurt, uh, either swinging the bat or running the bases for the first time, it's going to cause a lot of people uh, uh, pause because of the fact that we saw it in spring training with uh, Hendricks tripping over the bat. Oh, you know, it imagine was like, that, Bruce. Imagine if that's Kyle it. Hendricks... You're done. Your your season is compromised. Your future is is ruined in the, as far as the season goes. If you lose your ace because of the way that he's stretching out, uh, trying to beat out a ground ball in spring training, goodness sakes! And and it wasn't like he was doing anything out of the ordinary. It just was the instinct, instinctive response to trying to see that and like, okay, every kid who's ever played little league baseball is going to try to stretch out and beat the throw, and then he falls and like, oh my gosh, I hope he's okay. And he was okay, but next time, who knows? Here, David, we have, we have pitchers and then we have baseball athletes. Pitchers, unfortunately, do not fall into that territory anymore. They can feel their position and do it well. They can pitch, but they are not hitters. And uh, I don't think anybody really wants pitchers to try to pretend that they're hitters any longer. And if you want to solve some offensive issues, you certainly want the DH in the National League now. And again, I was the last guy to agree on that. Mm-hmm. But over the last few years, just the importance of starting pitching and the aesthetics of the game, you don't want pitchers hitting any longer. And Bruce, before we break, uh, our fine producer, Sean Anderson, unearthed this tweet from Governor J.B. Pritzker because we asked a question about whether or not Chicago would want to be in the mix for the All-Star game now that it is being moved out of Atlanta after Rob Manfred's announcement on Friday, and Governor J.B. Prisker tweeted out last night, I applaud MLB's decision to move the All-Star game out of Georgia because of its restrictive voting laws, and our baseball stadiums are among the most storied in the world. We would welcome, we meaning Illinois, meaning Chicago, meaning either Wrigley Field or Guaranteed Rate Field, we would welcome the All-Star game safely and enthusiastically. So the governor of the state of Illinois on board for that movement, Bruce. If uh... I, I, Then I say four and a half innings at guaranteed rate and four and a half <laughs> innings at Wrigley Field. We make it a day-night all-star game. It's, it's a 24-hour event. You are an innovator, Bruce. You are definitely. That would be a great <laughs> that's, idea. Everyone, that's, load up on the think, L in your uniforms. A lot of people... I think a lot of people are using different words to describe me right now. Absolutely. Okay, when we come back, we have a special guest. Looking forward to talking to Rick Giolito, the father of Lucas Giolito. We are here until 11 o'clock talking baseball with Bruce Levine. I'm David Haw. Inside the Clubhouse, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, 
You deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly, beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out of market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices, anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. 2-2. And he swung through it, strike three. That was the baffling changeup that addles so many hitters on one and two. He struck him out, Otani off a changeup, and Lucas has the old combio working here in the first. He struck him out, a changeup that was just flat out dazzling. Welcome back to Inside the Clubhouse, Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. I'm David Hall with Bruce Levine until 11 o'clock, and that was the voice of Jason Benetti calling the pitches of the ace of the White Sox on opening night, Lucas Giolito. Lucas Giolito was dominant in stretches and the pitcher that everyone uh, has seen many times in, in a White Sox uniform and the guy we expect to see throughout the course of this season. And we know somebody who has seen him be that dominant before throughout growing up out in California. We're pleased to welcome now to the Alpamani Nissan Hotline Alpamani Nissan in Melrose Park on North Avenue or APNissan.com. That is where we find the father of Lucas Giolito. Rick Giolito joins us here on Inside the Clubhouse. Good morning, Rick. How are you? Thanks for joining us. Good morning. How are you, guys? How are you? Doing well. Doing well. Uh, I, I suppose that, in a nutshell, we're curious on just how we know how Chicago interpreted Lucas's first start. How much fun was it to see what he did on opening night from a parent's perspective? Well, it was crazy, you know. Uh, you know, we're always trepidatious. I get uh, I get a high level of anxiety anytime he takes the mound. You know, there's those guys with bats at the other other side, and he's throwing the ball, you know, and I'm like, just any dad. Uh, and I want to see him do well. And when he struck out the first three three guys, I was like, oh, boy, he's on. Rick, uh, first and foremost, uh, congratulations to you and your wife for raising a gentleman. Uh, in my group, they're called Menches, okay? Because uh, this is a wonderful, great communicator and uh, a guy that hears every word that you say when you talk to him, first and foremost. So from the perspective of being a media guy dealing with your son every day, it's a it's a pleasure dealing with them. You and your wife Lindsay get all the credit for that. That that said, when when did you first see the athletic ability of your son, and when did you first think that there was a possibility he could be a professional at what he loved doing the best? Well, you know, uh, Lindsay nicknamed him Tigger as a kid because he was just moving all the time. 
I mean, that kid never stopped moving and sweating. I mean, it was ridiculous. And, um, you know, we did the thing every parent does. You know, we put him in T-ball and, and uh, let him go out and have some fun. And, uh, you know, when he was, I got to say, maybe nine or ten, you know, he was he was just, he, he grew like a string bean. He was bigger than most most of the other kids. And he threw the ball really hard. Um, and uh, he hurt a couple of kids, you know. I mean, he <laughs> threw it so hard. And, you know, the, in Little League, they wear those Little League gloves and the thumbs, you know. You know, can, can, uh, kids don't really know how to catch. And he broke a couple of thumbs. It was unfortunate. And then he hit a head in the, uh, a kid in the ear, you know, in the ear and sent him to the hospital. And we're like, oh, my goodness, you know. And so uh, when he was, I think when he was nine, we had to move him up because he was just throwing too hard. And he didn't know where it was going. But he had told us when he was seven years old, he had decided that he wanted to be a professional baseball player. And like any parent, you know, we go, great, wonderful. You do that, you know. <laughs> and... Um, and he, he just kept going. And, um, you know, he never had good control. Uh, but uh, it wasn't until he was probably 13 years old. I mean, he just threw so hard. And, uh, you know, high school started getting interested in him. And, and uh, Coach LaCour at Harvard Westlake, um, you know, contacted me and said, you know, we'd be, if you can, you might want, you know, would you consider applying to the school? And we were like, oh, really? You know, because we were going to send him to Santa Monica High School. Harvard Westlake out in uh, Studio City is a tremendous uh, private school and um, not easy to get into. And, uh, you know, we had, Lucas is a very, very good student and he applied and, and, uh, and got in, did well on his entrance tests, and uh, you know, pretty much sat on the bench his first year as a freshman. Uh, played, you know, pitched a little, played a little first base, pitched a little bit. Still didn't have uh, uh, a tremendous amount of, of control. And then this young man, Ethan Katz, showed up. And uh, Ethan, uh, who, as you well know, is currently the the team's major league pitching coach, um, we refer to him in this house as the pitch whisperer. <laughs> and he took Luke, he took Lucas and, uh, you know, taught him, you know, taught him, taught him to go from a thrower to a pitcher. And we were just amazed at the, at, you know, what Ethan did with him, shaping him. And, uh, you know, when he was a sophomore, forget it. That's when, you know, he was throwing, my goodness, you know, in the mid-90s, uh, schools were interested in him. I remember Coach LaCour calling me in and saying, hey, you know, he might get a, a college scholarship. And I went, you're kidding. That would be amazing. No, my son can't happen. I mean, we were all amazed. There's no baseball in my family. Uh, going back, my, my dad, you know, you know about uh, his grandfather. Sure. Uh, Warren, of course, who was an actor and and uh, on uh, uh, played George Costanza's father-in-law on Seinfeld, and, uh, worked with uh, you know on many other shows, Twin Peaks. 
Well, his grandfather on the uh, on my side was a two-time Olympian and two-time national champion in nice. fencing. So um, uh, I think that uh, the genes, you know, those athletic genes went right by me and into him, and here we are. Here we are. <laughs> Rick Giolito joining us on Inside the Clubhouse here on Chicago Sports Radio 6-7, the score, Lucas's father. And you mentioned, Rick, the Harvard-Westlake connection, and certainly must have been a proud day not only for you but the entire community from that school. Opening day, the mathematical possibility of this happening has got to be off the charts, but Lucas, Max Fried, Jack Flaherty, all teammates nine years ago on the same high school team, all made opening day starts in 2021. How remarkable is that, and how much fun was it? Well, isn't that something, huh? You know, who, who would have thunk it? Certainly, you know, back then we, we weren't, like, sitting there. You know, we were all hopeful as parents that these kids, you know, they all wanted, those three guys all wanted to be uh, professional uh, baseball players. We're never in a million years think that they'll all be, you know, number ones on their respective team, teams opening, um, you know, opening for their teams on uh, opening day. And, um, uh, you know, it, it was serendipity because it wouldn't have happened except for the fact that Max's school um, had to uh, shut down its athletic program, but with finances, that was at Montclair Prep. And Lucas was friends with Max from, uh, you know, all of the showcases and what have you, and living in the same area, they had pitched against one another. And he went on a mission to recruit Fat, uh, Max and convince Max to come to Harvard-Westlake. And, in fact, they brought Max into Harvard-Westlake, and uh, he got in, and uh, they gave him all the same classes, so the two of them, you know, they're, they're, the, the two of them could just, you know, go go around campus and do everything together because Max was, uh, you know, senior and was unfamiliar. Uh, Jack was the surprise. Jack is two years behind them, and uh, one year younger. Lucas um, uh, graduated as a 17-year-old, so, so he was pretty young. Uh, but um, Jack, we, everybody thought, was going to be a, a shortstop. He's a tremendous athlete, a tremendous hitter, and uh, it was actually Ethan Katz who convinced him to focus uh, on, on pitching. He told him, that's your future, and Boy, he was right. And not to mention, Max Reed also was, was a two-way player uh, and uh, would have been drafted as an outfielder. He was tremendous. The only guy that kept off the field was Lucas. Coach LaCour was afraid he'd hurt himself running the bases. <laughs> <laughs> Rick Giolito is our guest on Inside the Clubhouse. So forget the baseball stuff. I, I want to know, in your home, where – your wife was an actor for a long period of time, now an artist. You were an actor for a long period of time, uh, still doing production on a video and other things. And uh, your, your other son is involved in the arts. What type of TV and movie snobs you guys are when it comes to what you watch, what you don't watch, and how critical you are what your mind's eye tells you when you watch actors and movies and television shows. Yeah, that's interesting. I'm actually a video game producer and have been. I was an actor for about 10 minutes. I know it's, you know, people, people <laughs> say that, you know, that was my career actually was uh, work for electronic arts doing video games for, for uh, 20 some odd years. Um, you know, it, it, it's like a busman's holiday, you know, when you're an actor, 
when you're in the business and you watch something, it's very hard to watch without a critical eye. Um, after you're out, you know, uh, and you watch a movie, oh, it's simple. You know, you just enjoy it. But, yeah, you, you, you get the same thing. It's probably what, when you guys see somebody else interview somebody, you can't help but be, oh, I would invest in this or that, you know. Um, but the kids, um, they, 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 they watched everything, and they enjoyed Lucas as a giant film buff, so does Casey. And, uh, you know, we obviously had a, a lot of uh, media in our home, both video games and movies. And, of course, they, they, Lucas uh, used to um, work with Lindsay on her auditions. And, uh, you know, I can remember him. And she, he actually, you know, made some uh, uh, go, go with her to some auditions. But Lucas was never interested in that kind of thing. Uh, he loved baseball from a very young age. And I think he made the right choice. So if <laughs> you see it. a bad hairpiece on an actor or a bad wig on an actress, uh, you guys are the first ones to say, look at that, look at the makeup, it's not quite right. Uh, do you guys go oh, that yeah. deep? Oh, oh yeah, I ask, I ask Lindsay all the time when we're watching a movie, I ask Lindsay all the time, is that her real hair? And she'll tell me, you know. And uh, uh, But, you know, look, I, you know, we do appreciate, uh, you know, we have a different perspective on the film and television having been in it and uh, video games for me as well. Uh, since, you know, we work, work in that industry, of course, of course. you know, you, you probably have, you have I, we have more experience and can see it more critically. But now, you know, now I just try and enjoy it, you know, for what it is. Before I let you go, Rick, you know, in terms of the insight into to Lucas, it's very interesting the other night, I think there was, you know, they measure everything these days, and it was recorded that Lucas threw 11 of his fastest pitches in, in throughout his career on on opening night, and you, it's it's somewhat remarkable, I guess. It's, he keeps getting better and better, but it, do you have any explanation for that? Was this something that was a point of emphasis, uh, and did that did that surprise you or him? Uh, no, it didn't surprise me at all. Um, you know, I saw it and went, oh, okay, yeah. Uh, yeah, he is getting better. Uh, he's getting, he's getting, you know, stronger, more confident. Uh, not that he lacks, he lacked in any confidence uh, in the last two years, at least. Uh, but, yeah, he's getting stronger. And, um, uh, you know, I, I had talked to him. I said, you, you know, do you think you can uh, – he, he had actually told me he was thrown 97 in spring training, which was unusual. And I said, well, you get, when are you going to hit triple digits? He goes, that could happen. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the, the, thing, the thing about it is that he doesn't need to. You know, when he was younger and when he was in high school, he reg, regularly sat 96, 98, touched 100, 101 all the time. And, and that was largely due to the fact that scouts, and, you know, bunch, you know, 30 guns. And the kids throw to the gun. And in fact, it ended up hurting him. You know, you know, he hurt himself in high school just right. trying to throw the ball as hard as possible. Um, now, now he's a pitcher, and he doesn't need it. I ask him that sometimes. He goes, "Dad, I don't need it." You know, I, I got to go to uh, you know, it's 162 games, full season. I got to, I, I can't. If I went out there and threw as hard as I could every, every inning, every pitch, my arm would fall off. So, you know. I think all pitchers are that way. And then there are guys, uh, 
who naturally, you know, sit at that level and, uh, uh, you know, slightly gifted, what have you. Uh, and uh, But I think that you're going to see him, his velo probably kick up again this year, simply because his mechanics are getting better. Um, you know, he's able to repeat, uh, uh, you know, more solidly. And uh, he, you know, he's, he's figured out a, a workout routine that, that, is, that works for him. And, um, you know, and also the adrenaline of the first day, you know. But I, I expect this is what you'll see this year. Um, who knows? Rick, uh, one thing in the future. One thing's for sure, he's not going to stop sweating. Uh, that, no. He does that better than, than anybody in baseball. And it's fun to watch because the, <laughs> the camera usually gives us a close-up of him late in games, especially that it's great no-hitter he threw last year. And it's just like you're thinking somebody is actually putting that water down his, from his head, and it's, it's just it's being invented somewhere else. Oh, yeah. Well, it's, you know, he has mentioned it to me that it's, it's been a problem at times because it's just running down his arm onto his hand and, he, you know, and, uh, you know, he can't get dry. So, yeah, I, you know, but, yeah, we, well, what can you do? Big guy. Yeah. Lastly, before I let you go, Rick, wondered you mentioned Ethan Katz and his presence on the White Sox staff has got to be, uh, w- when that news broke, Lucas had to be thrilled. What do you what do you know about him that maybe we don't? We're just getting to know him. He's a very serious guy. He's a very smart guy. That's obvious anytime you talk to him. But what about Ethan Katz did, did you appreciate most from a parent's perspective? Well, he's incredibly kind. Uh, that's number one. And, and very low-key. A tremendous listener, and he does his homework. I've never, well, you know, it's not like I hang around uh, professional pitching coaches, but uh, we were stunned early on with the level of detail um, that he brought to uh, the table when Lucas first started working with him, tracking every pitch, making every pitch uh, competitive, not letting, you know, the kids just go out and throw. Uh, everything means something, uh, and and continuing that. I mean, it's very difficult. You've got a whole team of guys you've got to do that with, and um, he he's able to somehow figure that out. And then, uh, you know, Max, uh, you know, Max Jack and and uh, uh, and Lucas had individual programs, as did the other pitchers on the high school team. And I've heard it said that he's doing the same. Uh, this doesn't surprise me. Um, but you know, just a, a wonderful human being. I just, just, uh, it, it's, it's hard to describe. And, and he really cares about the players. He really cares. He wants them to do well. And you know, it's the kind of guy you want in your corner. You know, he, he's there for you. And that, that's pretty much what I can say about him. I, I don't have enough positive to just to, to tell you about Ethan Katz. He's a tremendous individual. Rick, thanks so much for your time this morning. Good luck the rest of the season. Enjoy the, the pride that, uh, that you have and, and all Chicago has in, in your son. Oh, thank you so much. I really appreciate you having me on. Take care. Thanks. Rick Giolito, the father of the White Sox ace, Lucas Giolito, kind enough to call us early in the morning out there in California. Bruce, we will wrap things up when we come back inside the clubhouse, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Well, there's a freedom involved to um, um, just – Honestly, when, when you have a GM that really permits you to do your job and uh, really, really does, uh, there's a, 
I've always talked to you about uh, giving uh, freedom to the players. Uh, the more freedom given, the greater respect and discipline return. The same thing holds true from a front office down to the field level, too. When you feel that freedom to do your job, um, where there's not going to be constant interference or noise coming from top to bottom after a game, or even prior to a game, um, it, it really it, it, um, it makes it a lot more fun. And, and I think with that, uh, you can have an openness about it that um, I think our players have already responded to it. I know our coaching staff, I'm just sitting in on meetings with these guys who never spoke or are speaking now. And that's, that's a perfect indicator uh, of the freedom that they're feeling to be themselves. And that's when you're going to get the best or most out of all of these guys. And I think that's what's going on here right now. Welcome back to Inside the Clubhouse. David Hall with Bruce Levine here for a final segment. Uh, here on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. That was Joe Madden on Friday with Lawrence Holmes. They are familiar. They have a good rapport. And, Bruce, Joe has to know when he talks about operating without interference, when he talks about operating without any noise, and the freedom that that allows him, he has to know how those words will be interpreted back in Chicago, where he worked for the last couple seasons, eh, maybe under some different circumstances. You know, he doesn't give a blank. <laughs> he just doesn't. Uh, he is free uh, to express himself. He was always a gentleman here, always complimentary of the Cubs, the people he worked for, appreciative of the great teams he had to put out there. But uh, right now he's saying, I'm enjoying this new freedom I have of not having the metrics department on me uh, night and day, not having multiple in, uh, meetings after games that we won and lost. Uh, just more of a baseball situation. David, we have people to thank, including Mr. Rick Giolito, the father of Lucas. Ryan Dempster come, came on uh, from Marquee Sports Network, did a great job as well. Uh, of course, Sean Anderson, terrific job producing the show. People can follow me on Twitter at MLB Bruce Levine. I write on the score every day at 670thescore.com. Cubs and White Sox. David, have a great week. Thanks, Bruce. And the score will have Jake Arrieta's return to Wrigley Field as a Cub here. The pregame starts at 1245. Rosenblum and Mark Grody up until then, Saturday suckage. And remember, FanDuel customers, bottom line, midnight, mobile registration. You want to get that done today. Thanks, Bruce. Have a great week. A lot of baseball ahead. We'll have a lot to talk about next week. Chicago Sports Radio 670, the score. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.